The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. Amen, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or the smallest part of a letter will pass from the law, until all things have taken place. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever obeys and teaches these commandments will be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to fiery Gehenna. Therefore, if you, bring that gift to the, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar. Go first and be reconciled with your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court. Otherwise, your opponent will hand you over to the judge, and the judge will hand you over to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Amen, I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body thrown into Gehenna. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body go into Gehenna. It was said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a bill of divorce, but I say to you, whoever divorces his wife unless the marriage is unlawful, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to your ancestors, do not take a false oath, but make good to the Lord all that you vow. But I say to you, do not swear at all, nor, not by heaven, for it is God's throne, not by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Do not swear by your head, for you cannot make a single hair white or black. Let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Anything more is from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord.
A coach or a teacher is not just there to help you achieve what you're capable of or what you think you're capable of, but to push you, to push you to excel, to push you to be excellent, to be great, to do things that you never thought possible, to help you take ownership and to strive after not just mediocrity, but greatness. When I was a kid, I went to a basketball camp, and I remember hearing a story about a coach who did just this with his team. It was a former NBA player, and he was talking about how one time his team back in the 1980s was in Boston. And back in the 1980s, Larry Bird was in Boston, and Boston was going to the NBA Finals almost every year. You know, Kevin McHale, Larry Bird, Robert Parrish, great teams, right? And so they get in late at night because they have a game, they just travel from a game, and at 5 o'clock or 5.30 in the morning, the coach wakes up the entire team and takes them to the Boston Garden. And they get there at like quarter to six in the morning. And the coach doesn't say why they're there. They just all go there, and he takes them out onto the court of the Boston Garden at about six o'clock in the morning. He doesn't say a word to them, just walks out there with them. And when they get out there, they hear something. And they hear footfall up in the top. And they look up, and Larry Bird, who at that time was one of, if not the best players in the NBA, at six o'clock in the morning on game day, is running laps in the upper deck of the Boston Garden. The coach didn't say anything, but this player recalled that in that moment, there were guys on that team who realized the message and changed forever. There were guys who understood, but it didn't quite sink in, and there were guys who were just so angry that they were awake at six o'clock in the morning that they could have cared less about who was running laps. Today, Jesus is kind of punching us. He is hitting us hard. And he is raising that bar for us. Last week he told us, you are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. And today he is making demands of us. He is commanding us. He is instructing us. He is teaching us. He is coaching us. He desires greatness from each of us. He held that bar up last week and now he's pushing us to an even higher bar. He's challenging us to not just be mediocre in our Christianity, but to be great. Because to be great is to have the experience of what St. Paul says in the second reading. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard what God has ready for those who love him. And Jesus says in John 10.10, I have come so that you might have life and have it to the fullest. And we have these commandments to help us along the way, to push us, to challenge us to make us realize that this life, this following of Jesus, it's not just about following the rules, but striving to always love more, striving to always be more merciful, striving to always be a better person, that these rules are guidelines and they're helping us, but they have real implications, and they are difficult. Let's be honest. Jesus talks today about marriage and about adultery. Jesus has a very high standard for what we do in our sexual lives. He holds the bar very high for us. It's not just enough to get married. It's to live a life where you're not even thinking about someone else. It's not enough to stay married, but to be committed to that person forever, come what may. And this is not easy. This is not fun. But this is the bar Jesus holds us to because, again, it helps us to live better lives, to live lives for others, to 
to live lives where in marriage or in our relationships, it's not about how I can use this person for something that is fleeting and temporal, but how I can love this person into something that is eternal and beautiful and good and true. That it's not just about the here and now, it's about building up not only myself, but all of us, each and every one of the people I encounter for something wonderful, something amazing, something that I can't even imagine in my wildest dream. The end result is God willing for each of us to go to heaven. But we have to be clear. From the first reading, it's very clear. We hear that there is life and death before us, good and evil. The Didache, one of the earliest Christian documents, talks, starts like this. There is the path of life and the path of death, the path of light and the path of darkness. <clears throat> Everything Christ teaches us is to help us live on that light, on that life-giving path. We are all called to strive after that. It's difficult, yes, but like those basketball players standing in the Boston Garden, when they realized that the best player that they'll ever play against was outworking them, the hope is that each one of us will realize, just like they did, that if we give ourselves more to this, if we commit ourselves more, then we can do more. We can be more for other people, and we can be more for Jesus Christ. And this life will be much more enjoyable. This life will have something great. And even if we're living a good life, even if we didn't hear anything particularly challenging or difficult in the gospel today, we should always strive to more. A story with more Christian overtones than that of Larry Bird running laps in the Boston Garden is in the sayings of the Desert Fathers, one of the earliest writings on the monks in early Egypt and Syria. They would go off into the desert and they would come in once a week or something like that to get food. And two monks get sent in to town to get food and supplies for all the other monks out in the desert an old monk and a younger monk. They get to town, they get to the gate, and the old monk says, okay, young monk, you go get the eggs and the milk, I'll go get the supplies, and we'll meet back here at two o'clock. Two o'clock comes. The young monk, despondent, head down, comes walking to the gate. The older monk says to him, brother, what happened? He says, well, you know, to get the eggs, you had to kind of walk through the bad part of town, and uh, I kind of fell into fornication on my way to get the eggs. And he's upset because he's vowed this life. He's striving after perfection, and he's, he's fallen into, the, you know, in, into fornication. He's not happy. The older monk says, brother, I'll, you know, I support you. I forgive you. We're, we're going to make this. It's going to be okay. He's merciful. He's loving to him. But this guy is still despondent because he knows he has to go back and tell the abbot about what has happened. And he also knows that he has failed his own vow. And so they get back to the monastery, and the abbot says, you know, to the old monk who was responsible and in charge, how'd it go? You know, how, you know, you got everything you needed? You know, anything else happened? The old monk says, yes, unfortunately, Father Abbot, we both fell into fornication. And a couple days later, the young monk says to him, you know, Father, why would you do that? Why would you take responsibility for something that I did? And he said, because I need to love you more. Because you are not alone in your sin. Because I walk with you in all things. So even the holiness of this monk, who wasn't tempted at all, he still recognized that he needed to grow. 
And so each one of us, no matter where we are, if we're like the young monk, if we're like the old monk, or anywhere in between, we are called constantly to strive after, to hold ourselves to the highest standard and keep pushing higher. Because St. Paul tells us very clearly how great heaven will be, how great this life will be when lived in relationship with Christ Jesus and to the fullest. And so, where is your bar? What is the Lord challenging you to do today? Who can you walk with in that journey? You're never alone. You're always part of this community. And each and every one of you is loved deeply by God. May you challenge yourself to be better. May you recognize your faults. And may you help your brothers and sisters along the way.